Welcome to the Metro Detroit Pastors Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Bushry. This is our fifth show, which means we are halfway through our initial fall season of eight shows. Thank you to those of you who have been listening and subscribed to the podcast. We re- we're really just blown away by the uh, the feedback we've gotten. The res- positive response has been great. Uh, people have said such nice things. So we are glad that you like it. Uh, I'm excited to see where this will go in the future. We've been making little uh, adjustments to the show along the way, uh, most of which I have no idea about. I don't know anything about the adjustments that get made. Uh, I didn't even bring my own headphones today. Uh, I had to be given headphones when I arrived. I'm that uh, uh, not uh, not good at uh, uh, audio stuff, but I have a guy who is. He's very good at it. I'm very glad to have him, and that is my good buddy John Blosser, the producer of this show and my partner on ministry, in ministry here at Doxa. Uh, he's on the mic today for our show. Hey, John. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I can't believe that you've trusted me enough and given me a mic for this podcast. I wouldn't say trusted is quite <laughs> correct. Um, I'm, I'm rolling the dice. That's pretty All much right. the level I'm at right now with this. Oh, okay. So, I'm, <laughs> but I am glad to have you here. Uh, you're doing a great job on the show here. So thank you for that. Why, thank you, Kyle. Yeah. That's very kind. What I like about it, John, is that John is the kind of guy that can get stuff done for you. He's like uh, he's like that guy in the Shawshank Redemption that can get stuff for you. I, I, I He's... <laughs> He's my red, is is who he is. That's 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 great. I'm actually wearing red today. Yeah. So. Can we can we have that just be my unofficial nickname from now fine. on? You awesome. can be red. Yes. Thanks, Red. Thank you. But John gets stuff done. I don't know how to think, do things, and I have a good idea. And I say, John, can we do that? And he goes, Yeah, man, man, we can we can make that happen. And it gets done. So I'm thankful for that. Uh, so he's going to be on today to weigh in on the discussion. We're going to find out later whether that was a good idea. Our topic today is on an aspect of the church uh, that every single pastor I know would agree is vitally important uh, to the life and the health of the church, but it is also incredibly hard to create. And, and, and some might even say, uh, to go so far as to say, you can't, you can't create it. You can only create the, the environment in which it can grow and thrive. And I'm talking about church community. Church community today. Now, I don't just mean fellowship, okay? So don't, don't take out that phrase, church community, and insert the word fellowship, which is a very churchy word uh, that usually only refers to Christians hanging out together, sometimes in a room that is uh, labeled the fellowship hall, where fellowship is to take place. I don't mean that. I don't mean people getting together on a Sunday morning just to chat for a few minutes. I mean the development of a body of believers in Christ who use their gifts to serve each other and to carry out the mission of Jesus. That is incredibly uh, important to the body of Christ, and it's incredibly uh, difficult uh, to create. Developing that sort of church community is not easy. Thankfully, we know that it's not going to be easy. That's the beauty. One of the beautiful things about the Bible is it makes it very clear that this kind of community is going to be difficult. Uh, We have entire books of the Bible that are dedicated to it, just showing us how difficult it is, where all Paul does is tell the church how they're doing it wrong. Uh, 1 Corinthians jumps to mind. Galatians jumps to mind. You've got these letters talking about the church, and there's always problems. So there's always difficulty when it comes to creating church community. But the imagery of Scripture is that the church is a body, that it's a body that functions together. It's the body of Christ with each part building up the others so that everyone working together is working together to fulfill that that calling of Christ to, to share the gospel and to make disciples. And so 
the way the Bible describes this church community is that we should be so connected together that when one member suffers, all the members suffer. And when one, one member is honored, we're, we're all rejoicing with that one member. And the beautiful thing is that's also in 1 Corinthians. So how do we create that kind of, that kind of integral uh, church community where we're bonded together as one body working together? Well, that's a tough question, but I've got our guest today to answer it for us. I brought in today our friend Mike Ely, uh, who is the lead planter of Soma Detroit, a church that meets in missional communities scattered throughout Metro Detroit. Thanks for coming on the show today, Mike. Good to be here, Kyle. Yeah, man. Thanks for being part of this. Uh, if if my description of a uh, of Soma here uh, just a minute ago as a uh, group of missional communities. If you're a listener right now and you're thinking that's confusing to you, uh, don't worry. That's actually what we're going to unpack today. What is it uh, that that means? So my first question for you, Mike, is with a, uh, being the leader of a church called Soma Detroit, do you get a lot of questions about what exactly you guys are all about? Oh yeah, especially. Well, the word Soma is is uh, the word body for Greek and the, you know, the body of Christ. Uh, and so we're being built up together to be his body. And that's what that means. But it is very confusing, especially because there's a lingerie store named Soma as well. It's <laughs> a chain in this country. And so uh, people are, you know, depending on who's asking us, it can, it can be very confusing. It does mean body in Greek though. And that's a uh, that's somewhat helpful. I can see the connection. I, I do get that. They both make sense. Yes, they do both make sense. Do you get a lot of uh, strange calls? Does he, do you get? Well, just let's just say, don't look up just the word soma. Ah, okay. Uh, you know, it, it can be it can be confusing. Googling can be dangerous. Yes. yes. So yes. if you're going to Google them, Google soma Detroit. Yes. And you'll probably end up in the right spot for that. Do you? Uh, we get a lot as a as a church uh, le- as a leader of a church called Doxa which is also another Greek word. It's a Greek word for glory. Um, we get a lot of questions about our name. Do you get a lot of, do you get a lot of people you know, trying to figure out what you guys are all about just based on your name? They just can't quite... Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It definitely takes some unpacking, but you know, I think that's a good thing. It, yeah. it, it requires some conversation then, which I think is, uh, is always good. Yeah, I've had and a ton of great conversations that way, yeah. It could be worse. We could be called Crossroads, you know? I mean, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah, just kidding for all you guys oh, that have the Crossroads man. church out there. Oh man, you just lost. I just lost like twenty-five to thirty listeners across Metro Detroit. So. There's probably about that many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might that might be our total listenership. I don't know. <laughs> we just lost every yeah. single one oh, of boy. them. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all right. We can still have the show. We'll still have the show. All right, I cool. We'll, yeah, let's okay. do it. Let's do it. All right. So. Well, I want to talk, I want to get into this missional community thing because I know it's the unique part of who you guys are. So uh, let's just start off by asking you uh, a little bit of history about Soma. How, how long has Soma been around? Tell me a little bit about Soma Detroit and what makes you guys unique. Yeah, so the Soma, the Soma family of churches that, that kind of spans across the U.S., it's not a big network of churches. We call it a family of churches because for us, you know, relationship is, is, uh, is really important in how we do things and just even how we do authority. And so um, the Soma family of churches is, is about 77 churches and church plants right now in the United States. It all started in Tacoma, Washington, when Jeff Anderson and Cesar Kalinowski uh, planted Soma Tacoma. Mm. And that's, that's kind of where it all started. And then it kind of went down the West Coast and, uh, and then kind of migrated over the East Coast into Texas and then. Now, now we got a couple churches in the Midwest here, but that's how it started really with just a vision kind of Jeff and Caesar has this vision of church being just more than just Sunday. It has to be every day. Like we always say, we want to move from Sunday to every day. Not that Sunday is not important, but, but we just want to have that shift and movement kind of away from Sunday to every day. Okay. Okay. So what, um, what, what's sort of the philosophy behind that? So there's be a lot of folks that would say, 
well, I go to church on Sunday and mm-hmm. I'm hearing this guy say, we got to shift away from just Sunday. Why, why, what's the, you know, not just because you want to be different, but what is the reasoning behind that? Right, right. That's, and that's a great question. So, uh, you know, just to, just to qualify what I said, Sundays are important. So when I say Sundays <laughs> every day, I mean Sunday also. Yeah. And so sometimes we get people thinking that, we, you know, we like hate Sunday and we don't want to ever gather for <laughs> right. church. And we actually do gather um, on the weekends all together. And everybody from the missional communities comes together twice a, twice a month. And so we actually do do that, not every weekend, but so mm-hmm. we do think it's important. But really the 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 kind of philosophy is... We don't really believe that we can uh, obey the command of Jesus to make disciples well if all we're doing is this two hours max on a Sunday morning. It's just not enough. Like everything that Jesus did, his life, death, burial, resurrection, like wasn't so that we could just gather and sing some songs and hear a sermon and go home and have some lunch on Sunday. Like we, we just believe it's, it's all of life thing. And so we, if we want Jesus to be Lord of all of life and, and to be disciples that make disciples, it's just going to need to be more than just a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there has been a shift. It's, it seems over the, I'd say, you know, I, I at least since the 80s, toward a more small groups type model for churches. Churches that gather outside of the building doing different things. And, you know, they, they call various things, life groups, small groups, Bible study, however you want to call it. What would, what would you say sets uh, SOMA apart from that kind of yeah. Sunday and then small group model? Yeah, which is also a very good model. Honestly, we we love the small group movement. I I, I feel like God took us the body of Christ in this country on a journey where it's like, okay, it's got to be more than this. Like we have to actually know each other and have relationships outside of Sunday. So we added small groups, and that was a healthy move. And and then this this kind of next move I feel is like adding mission to the idea of the small group. And so when you say the missional community, it's just really breaking down those two words. It's it's a community of people on mission. Like these, and we like to say at SOMA that we believe the primary organizing structure of the church is gospel-centered community on mission, Mm. right? So the primary organizing structure of the church is gospel-centered community on mission or missional community. So I, I just can't follow Jesus with a crowd, but I can follow him with like 20 other believers into the mission that God has for us. And so what makes that nice is, is if we look at the like, life of Jesus, like he was making disciples in the context of mission, and he was, on, he, he was in mission while he was making disciples. So, so it's almost they were interchangeable. And so we're saying mission and community are these great contexts for discipleship, and that's why we want to do them together. Now, it's very hard, but mm-hmm. we're trying. Yeah, yeah. So each one of these groups... I've heard Van, Vanderstelt speak on this, uh, various videos that I've looked at. Um, it actually, a lot of what Van, Vanderstelt talks about informs the way we do what we call grow and, grow and go groups here at DOXA. We're definitely not uh, full-on missional communities in the way Vanderstelt describes, or that even in the way that, that you all at SOMA would be doing them. But um, that, that missional element, that being involved in doing work together to reach friends and neighbors and communities and things with the gospel as part of our groups is, is a pretty important piece. Um, would you say that uh, your, the way you've structured, a lot of times people look at churches and they'll say, uh, a sun, I go on Sunday and then I also have this group. Yeah. I, I hear you saying when people in your church at Soma think about their church, they think about their group. Yeah. And that their group then gathers together with other groups for Sundays. Yeah. I like to joke around and say we have 400% participation in our missional communities. 
because a lot of times people, <laughs> I have to tell our people, Hey guys, I want you to come on Sunday to our gathering. Like that's important too. Like this is for your equipping. And so, and so, yeah, we, we have the flip problem where you know, a lot of churches are saying they're trying to get more of a percentage of their people in groups. We're trying to get more of a percentage of people in the gathering. And so, so it's just like, you know, you, you trade one set of problems for, for another, I guess. Right? Absolutely. Well, that's always the way it's going to be, right? right? I mean, there's always going to be something about yep. the way we structure our churches that's going to be difficult. So, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Very cool. Well, hey, I want you to unpack this for me because I was, I was looking through your website, and your website is great. By the way, I'm going to say it now. I'll say it again at the end. Uh, but if you, if you want to check out uh, Soma more, uh, you can learn more at their website, Soma, S-O-M-A, Detroit.org, SomaDetroit.org. Uh, but I was there and I was checking things out and I was impressed and excited about some of the things I was reading there. I wondered if you could unpack something for me. Uh, the way your website describes mission communities is that they, are, they provide context for life on life, life in community, and life on mission. So can you just take a moment and unpack each one of those three life statements? For yeah. Me? And there's actually a fourth. I don't know if we put up on our website, but, but, uh, nationally we kind of added a fourth life oh. and solitude. Oh, and so life and solitude, life on life, life and community and life on mission. So, um, the, the, obviously the life and solitude thing is we really just believe just like Jesus connected with the father daily. We need to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. without his power and kind of presence flowing in our lives and I'm not even Pentecostal. I'm just saying, we just need the Lord. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, we're not going to be able to do this, uh, this very well. But, um, you know, life on life, it's, it's really basic in the sense of we have to, we have to make relationships and, and our discipleship uh, relationships have to be relational. We have to spend time with each other. We have to know one another. It's the one another's of the Bible. We really can't do that on just a Sunday morning. And so we need life on life, but then life in community, we want our disciples not to look just like us because we have so many missing parts. I always like mm, to say, yeah. you know, and you were talking about first Corinthians there, there's this beautiful buffet yeah. of, of, you know, God's goodness in all of us. Like there's gifts you have that I don't have. And there's yeah. gifts I have. And there's gifts John has that we don't have. And, and somehow when we all come together as the body, we are able to make more fully formed disciples as the Lord works through all of us together. Mm-hmm. So if we just get this life on life thing, that can get a little weird. It's good and it's important and we need relationships with one another, but that also needs to be in the context of a community. And then life on mission is this idea that we're, we're individually and corporately missionaries. Mm. And so we, we are all called and sent by the spirit, right? Jesus says that the father sent me. Now I'm sending you this, this kind of incarnational missional move, you know, towards people that are far from God, like Jesus did. Right. Yeah. So we're all called to do that, but then we're all called to do that together. And there's something beautiful about doing that in community. And John, you know, 13, 34 and 35, Jesus says, you know, this new command I give you love one another as I've loved you. And this is how the world will know that you're mm-hmm. my disciples and how you love one another. Mm-hmm. So we really take, we really say that we get to demonstrate the gospel through missional community because people come into our communities and they see our relationships with each other as believers and they bump up against the gospel, Mm -hmm. even if they haven't heard it. Now we want to proclaim the gospel as well. We like to say display and declare the gospel. So we want to have gospel conversations with people on one hand, but we also want to display the gospel through our community. And I just think people don't get, if, if people aren't going to darken the doors of a church, they're not going to get a chance to actually experience that. So we're trying to take church to the neighborhood so yeah. they get to experience that in the neighborhood. Yeah, that's great. I, I, I think it's hard to, as a pastor, I found it difficult, I should say, to get 
everybody in the church to understand that we're the missionaries to here. So when you think about your neighborhoods, when you think about um, the, the places where the God has sent you, he sent you to go and to declare and display, as you put it, the gospel in those places. I don't think that, at least among the average churchgoers that I've talked to, met with, been, been the pastor of, that people necessarily see themselves that way. Right. I think they may see, if, if, they're, doing, if they're doing half as well, they may see their church like that. Yes. Like the church organization is that. And they can and live light. vicariously through the church yes. you know, and vicariously through their pastor and the, the superstars in the church. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. And they can say, I'm part of something. I'm part of this outreach. I'm part of this, this, this mission to my community. But I don't know that, that that's been internalized by the, the, the person who's just, who just attends and, uh, and, and where they go, no, I actually am the sent one. In yes, a sense, yes, and I, I see missional communities as helping uh, with that problem in particular. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it takes time uh, to get over that hump. I think that's part of our discipleship, and you know, Hugh Halter calls it, uh, you know, second decision Christianity because you know, pe- mm. people when they come into the church and they they have an experience of Jesus and convert to Christianity, if it's done in the context of a Sunday, which is great and that's awesome, we praise God for it. That's their understanding of what it is to follow Jesus, and so sometimes our, you know, we used to say in the megachurch world, we used to say, um, you know, the the methods don't matter as long as the message remains the same. But, you know, I read a book years ago by Shane Hip called Flickering Pixels. It was a Christian book. And huh. really he's bringing back this, this marketing idea that your, your methods are your message about mm-hmm. the gospel. Yeah. Like your, your mediums that you use are what you're telling people about the gospel. And Cesar Kalinowski says it's a different way. Yeah. He says, you know, what you win him, what you win him, uh, what you win him with, with is what you win them to. Right. Right. So, yeah. so if we're trying to, you know, people feel duped a little bit by us as leaders sometimes. Cause we're like, Hey, we want you to go be a missionary. And they're like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. I never signed up for this. Yeah. <laughs> like I signed up for coming to listen to you, yeah. throw some money to basket, sing some songs. And now you're saying, go be a missionary. And I'm like, I didn't sign up for that. Right. Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or Mr. Pastor, whoever you are, you know? <laughs> even me, you, you know, can, <laughs> the right Reverend Kyle right. would be fine for you. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, exactly. It's exactly right. There's a, there's something of a bait and switch for that, that a lot of people feel. Although yeah. I like to tell people who are feeling that way, look, some of that might be a poor design on our part, yeah. but also some of that might be that as you explore the gospel, you become challenged to grow in your faith in such a way as you become a disciple maker. Yes. So some of the transformation uh, and some of the the switch you might be feeling might actually be the loss of the old man and the putting on of the new to become this new kind of person. So if you're being challenged by that, don't, don't think it's just because, you know, we didn't tell you all of what was involved when you first started coming, you know, sit with us a while. You're going to see, you're going to grow in the gospel and hopefully you're going to grow in and have a passion for being that kind of person. Uh, I love these groups. I love missional communities and that sort of structure because it's constantly saying, all right, well, are you going to be part of the, uh, the disciple-making community? How can you use your gifts? Um, I had a pastor one time when I was uh, in seminary. He said, you know, what didn't keep him up late at night? A lot, of, a lot of pastors stay up late at night trying to figure out how they're going to get their, their people involved, how to get them to use, you know, how are they going to get them to, to buy in and to, to do the, the work of the church? He said, that's not what keeps me up at night. This is part of a big, kind of a large but thriving, growing church in the, in the Chicagoland area. 
And he said, that's not what keeps me up at night. What keeps me up at night is, am I going to have enough opportunities for all the people who have these incredible gifts to actually utilize them to grow? That's good. Yeah. And I, I've, been, I've been shaped by that, that thought. That's where, that's where my that's head really needs good. to be. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Sunday morning is not enough. I think we've established that, right? Sunday, yeah. Sunday isn't going to cut it. Um, what, what would you say to the person who'd press back on you a little bit maybe? And say, uh, you know, Mike, um, what you, you sound like you got a, a, a particular kind of church for a particular kind of person that's just not me. And I feel like I, I, I grow enough on Sundays, and I like my, I like my Sunday church only, and that's, that's when I give, that's my hour for the Lord. And, uh, you know, how, how would you, how would you well, shepherd that person? You know, it, that's, um, that's okay. That's the thing. I think the Lord has us all in different places and different churches. And, you know, we, we do our yearly recommitment every year just because we want to keep it fresh. And in fact, I was just reading about the, the Wesleyan movement and how they did like recommitment every quarter in their holiness groups. And wow. I was like, wow. Hey, it's a lot. It's kind of a lot different now. Anyway, yeah. so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the bottom is. line is, you know, we recommit every year because we want to keep this fresh. And, and, uh, and, you know, sometimes people come, some people come new and they say, I want to try this. I want to try this way I do in church and I want to try it for a year. And we're like, great, come on. And, and other people say, you know, I just, I'm not getting it. I haven't really clicked with it. And I say, that's okay. And mm. we're just one church mm-hmm. in, in Metro Detroit in the mm-hmm. body of Christ. And one thing we really believe is this whole idea that, you know, Jesus prayed in John 17 that, you know, we'd be one as him and the father were one. Mm. And, and we believe there's when Jesus looks at Detroit, he sees one church and, uh, and we're totally good with like people, you know, saying this isn't for me and go another place. And that's, that's okay. I, I do think though, as what you were talking about earlier, I, I think that as someone grows in their grace and knowledge of the Lord and just in maturity, they end up doing this stuff anyway. Yeah. Whether they're, whether it's a missional community church or not, yep. they end up just being missionaries because they're, they're, the, their understanding of what the gospel is and who Jesus is, it is renewing them and transforming them. And like you said, the old man's going away and the new man's appearing and, and, uh, and they, they do become missionaries. Mm-hmm. You know, and they desire more community, mm-hmm. and so in some ways, all churches are missional communities yeah. at, at some you know varying extent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. These are these are qualities. I think it's important to say that that Soma is not trying to do something that's um, uh, you know above and beyond what the Bible is calling us to. Right. It's just simply taking the qualities that the Bible talks about in 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 Christian um, community and saying we're this is how we're going to emphasize those things. Yeah, it's just easy to kind of. It's easy to get comfortable and fall asleep, especially in our culture. And and I hate to use this word like woke because it's so loaded right now. And so, right. I, but the idea of sleeping, someone was explaining so much to someone else, and I heard him say this just last week, and I was like, oh, it's pretty neat. And they just said, you know, our structures, um, you know, structure is supposed to support life, not hinder it. And our right. structures are just there to kind of keep us awake. Yeah, you know, like oh yeah, oh yeah, I got to be in my DNA group. Oh yeah, oh, missional communities at night. Okay, oh time for equipping. You know, it's like it just kind of keeps us awake because we can get lulled to sleep pretty easily as believers. Yes, we can. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, it's, it's important to keep it fresh and keep us motivated um, yeah. and growing. Um, what do you think are some of the obstacles in our cultures? We'd like to think on the show about um, Metro Detroit and some of the cultural oh, yeah. obstacles that are around us. What are some of the obstacles that you think that you've seen as a, as a leader in this type of community uh, that, that are, that make it difficult, maybe don't hinder or prevent but make it difficult to, to cultivate the sort of community you're talking about. Right, right. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure everybody's heard this, uh, you know, a million times, but it's just, it's just consumerism, you know, that like church is for me, life is for me. It's very opposite of the idea of lordship of Jesus, you know, in our lives. Uh, consumerism, materialism, um, individualism, you know, me and my life and what mm-hmm. my family's going to do. So why would I, you know, just 
just being a part of a faith community and a missional community, it's, it's saying like, you know, I'm kind of submitting my schedule to one another so that we can do something greater together for God or with God. And that's just hard when you have a very individualistic mentality. And we've just been discipled so deeply in these things. Fragmentation is another one, right? Mm. So I'd say, you know, consumerism, materialism, individualism, fragmentation of life. You know, my wife goes to church X for her Bible study. I go to church Y for my men's Bible study. My kids go to church Z for the kids group because it's really yeah, good. And then, yeah, you yeah. know, church A, we go there because Sundays we like to worship. And it's like, that's just everything, right? It's the consumerism, <laughs> the fragmentation, the individualism, you know, it's a really a DIY spirituality yeah. <laughs> in our country, right? Yeah. Like we're, we're like look, watching these DIY shows, yep. DIY shows, and we're like, oh, I'm going to do that with my spirituality too. Like I'll kind of just you know, put this, put this there and I'll put some shiplap over there. And then, well, there's my spirituality, you know, <laughs> and it's sad because we're not, we don't have the, we lose the opportunity to lead people because they're just leading themselves. Yeah. And then, and then actually they're leading us because we're just providing things for them. Yeah. So it requires some hard conversations. And what we say is a couple years to de-church and re-church. Mm. And so when people are getting somewhat offended, we think it's, probably good it's probably about right it's <laughs> we're you're probably like, doing something you're like, okay oh, you're probably you're at the offending stages yeah. okay yeah i know where I you're at see what's the, going on like growth of your yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> we don't want to offend just for the sake of offending but the gospel you know it offends our our, our sin nature right yeah. like it offends what's going on inside of us and we're growing so man that uh that picture of, of going around and getting the um the diy and picking <laughs> out the various things that you need you know that's um that's just simply not how we're called to grow. It's we're not when we're, when we're following Jesus, when we're growing in Christ, our spiritual journey is not simply um, gathering our favorite uh, spiritual or Christian um, products and putting them together in order to create the kind of walk we'd like to have. It's, this is the community. This is the body you've been placed in to function. Yes. And I often like to talk about um, the fact that, Yes, you get to grow in Christ here, but you also have the responsibility here to help others grow in Christ. Yes. Like, yes, you're going to be dependent. You're going you're gonna to benefit, hopefully, well in the things that we're doing at our church uh, to help you, but then understand that you are a vital part of the thing we're using to help other people grow yes. in Christ as well. And if you're not there and you're not carrying out that responsibility, if you're not using your gifts, someone else is suffering. Someone else is not growing in Christ the way they're, they're going to be able to. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And I, we, we say it some, we say, you know, part of, we have these core identities and one of them is just that, that we're a learner, we're disciples. Cause that's just really the word in Greek, right? Mateis is learner, mm. um, the word for discipled. So uh, we take, we're learners that take responsibility for our own growth and the growth of those, uh, those around us. Mm-hmm. And so this is big because I, I don't, get to hear too often anymore. Like, you know, pastor, I feel like I'm not getting fed. Mm. I'm like, you know, it's actually in a weird way. I know lead, feed, protect elders. I get it. Right. Yeah, I, I do right. want to feed my sheep. I'm not saying that <laughs> I'm not feeding, but I'm saying, Hey, my job more than feeding you. My job is to teach you how to eat. Yeah. Like to take responsibility for your own growth. And so when people say, I want more, more expositional preaching or this or that, I say, how about we do this? Read the book of Mark and let's get together next week and talk about yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and so that's, that's just challenging people to eat for themselves. And yes. we have to mature at some point where we can take responsibility for our own growth and the growth of the others around us. But what's happened is the church kind of becomes this place where it's, it's like a big orphanage with a lot of babies mm. and, and very, very few spiritual dads. Yeah. You know, very, and, and nobody's growing up in a maturity where they can actually disciple others. Yes. And so we're trying to head that off. It's a difficult yeah. task. I, but I, I've, heard, I've heard it said, and I don't think it's quite right. I've heard pastors say things like, 
you know, they're trying to work their way out of a job and things like that. Sure. And I think that's kind of a, maybe a, a bit of a secular way of looking at it. I think it's a, a better way to saying, um, I definitely want to grow disciples that make disciples. So I'm a disciple maker, but my goal is not for you to simply become more like Jesus um, in, in, a, in a sort of a, te- a learner sense, but I, to become more like Jesus in a disciple maker sense, where I want you to actually be able to turn around and use whatever gifts you have to make disciples as well. And that's right. uh, that, so my goal isn't complete for you until you're able to turn around to do that. Yes. Um, so my goal isn't just to have you here, <laughs> right? <laughs> that you'd come and you'd hear my sermons and that you'd enjoy being here. I'm, I'm glad you, you do. That's I hope, good I hope you right. do. Yeah. I don't want you to not like being here. Right. Right. But at the same time, like that's not the, the end goal isn't that you feel good being. Right. Right. Uh, the end goal is disciples that make disciples. Right. Absolutely. So absolutely. we look at our people and say, Hey, I, I desire that every single one of you would baptize somebody one day. Oh, wow. I mean, I just, I think yeah. that'd be really cool. Yeah. I mean, is that going to happen? Probably not. Right. 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 But, but that's kind of putting that out there. Like I right. want everybody to baptize somebody. I right. think it'd be great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I talked to my, my G2 leaders, my grow and go group leaders or grow and go group participants who are in my group. I, I regularly say, you know, my goal someday, I hope that you all become leaders of other groups. I hope you are all, you know, discipling people in your, in your groups as well, yeah. you know, down the road someday. So I love it. I mean, Alan Hirsch talks about that. He says the seed of Jesus movement is in the heart of every believer, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, we all got the same Holy Spirit. So absolutely, that's our job to kind of, you know, yeah, yeah raise them up. Out. Yep, raise them up. So you and I both know that what you're doing at SOMA is, is different. It's unique. You may, you may not, you may not say it that way. Yeah, I'd say, okay, you might say it a yeah. little differently, but you, it is unique. And I think there, there may be, you know, some pastors even listening right now who are yeah. thinking, you know, this sounds good. This is the sort of thing I'd like to do, but I'm so far from that right now. I'm not sure what to do. What are some things you think just a, that any pastor could, uh, you know, who's trying to lead well, trying to shepherd their people, trying to care for um, and make disciples and what what are some things that a, the, a pastor can do to to really start to make um, a Christian community that that functions the way we've been talking about? Yeah, well, I think there's a couple of things. I think the first one is um, leaders go first, and and so what I what I tend to see sometimes is that uh, you know pastors want to implement something, but they don't want to do it. Mm. Something as important as being disciples that make disciples in the context of you know gospel centered community on mission is the very essence of the church. And so I think we as pastors we just have to go first. Leaders go first. We have to go first and model this for our people. So the first thing I always I always tell pastors that talk to me about this, I say, hey, slow down. Mm-hmm. And, and inevitably they say to me, Hey, will you come train us on a mission community, this and that? And I say, well, just don't start yet. When are you starting? And they said next week. And I said, Oh no, <laughs> like this is not the, this stop. Like don't start, don't start prematurely. Everybody wants to start really quick. Go slow. Leaders go first, pilot a group, you lead it, take your best leaders with you, lead mm-hmm. it with them. Mm-hmm. Go slow, do this together, work this into your lives. And don't just see it as, as an additional program or a sidecar. See it as this could be the life of the church. This mm. could really bring a lot of health to the church. And you go first and 
try it out and then ask people to follow you in it. Um, I think the, the, the broad launch, the social engineered broad launch with everybody doing it at the same time, it, it tends to fail most of the time. And then mm. our people are somewhat inoculated to the idea next time we try sure, it. Sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We tried that once it failed. We're not going to do that again. Right. Remember right. what a debacle uh, remember, that was? Remember that missional community phase of our, <laughs> of our, of our church life, you know? Yeah. So, so I tell pastors go first. I also tell them, you know, if you're going to have a, a missional community structure, give them space like, like to do that yeah. um, outside of all the regular programs. Programming you have, I think sometimes they 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 have all their missional community people do everything in the church as well, and it's just too many things. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff. I mean, it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And and I had this problem when I was at the mega church that I was working at. It was it was very difficult to do everything. Yeah, uh, it's it's the opposite of a consumer model. You're not you're not giving people all these options. You're asking them to come and die, mm-hmm. and, and those are two very mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. The, the, those are very opposite messages, right? And they're, they're underlying messages, but they're very opposite messages. Like, well, what do you want to do? We have all these 10 options here. And then uh, Michelle community is one of them. And then you get into Michelle community <laughs> and nobody wants to eat the broccoli. That's no fun. You know, it's, that's the, like, come on, I don't want to eat broccoli and Brussels sprouts. I know it's healthy, but I want ice cream and cookies, you know? So. We've got three programs you can be part of and one is super, super hard. Which one would you like to <laughs> exactly. be part of? We just take the path of least resistance. I do too, right? Like why, why would I even choose there? Sure. So those are the, couple things. Um, yeah. and just not, not trying to have the whole church do it at once. I, you know, yep. I think that can, that can prove difficulty. I mean, it really is at the end of the day, I, I do believe it is a different ecclesiology, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of a more scattered incarnational ecclesiology. It's not a right ecclesiology. It's not sure. like there's one way to do church. I'm, I'm just saying this is what we, we've landed on and, yep. Yep. and, uh, and it's hard to do two different ecclesiologies at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, the one thing I would say as a guy who started a church five years ago that was heavily influenced by Vanderstelt and the Soma Church model, um, who, but who has not adopted it wholeheartedly, I can say this, I, I guess I would say this about it. Um, one of the things you can do is you can really start to uh, talk about the importance of everybody in your church being engaged in the mission. Absolutely. That's Just. A- just, Fantastic first step. Yeah, just start. Just start showing people. Hey, you know what? I want you to grow in Christ. Do you want to grow in Christ? Absolutely. I want to grow in Christ, Pastor. Okay, great. One of the things that we're called to do is to teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And here Jesus is standing and he's talking to uh, a bunch of a bunch of disciples that he has trained up and sent out already. Yeah. And so if we're going to train everybody else up in the way that Jesus has trained us up, we want to train you up. Your discipleship will be missing a piece. If you're not engaged in mission in some way, and so um, you can start to kind of uh, pepper that in, even while you're uh, starting your own missional community, maybe on the side, yep. just and leading first and doing that work, and uh, and see where um, see where that'll take your groups. Because I know my groups are very excited about. Uh, we just made a tweak this fall uh, to focus in on friends and neighbors and things, and praying right. for them and caring about them and sharing the gospel with them, and that's really sparked some um, some interest where there wasn't missions interest before in our church. So. No, that's a, that's a fantastic first step. We, uh, you know, we tell people the same thing. It's like, and, and honestly, missional communities don't really function well unless all the individuals in the missional community have this understanding that they are individually a missionary mm-hmm. and they're also a missionary team. They're missionaries together. Yep. Like when nobody has an understanding that they're a missionary and you're in a missional community, it doesn't really go anywhere. Right. Like it's, it's all, this whole thing hinges on relationships. Yeah. So that's why I tell That's a great place to start, Kyle. Like just get all your people starting to believe yeah. the, the gospel, that they are missionaries here yeah. and now, wherever they're at. If everybody starts believing that, then missional communities just start popping up. It's yeah. just a natural 
outflow of people being missionaries. Absolutely. Uh, great stuff, Mike. Thank you so much. I appreciate it so much, man, for coming in and sharing all your insight with us today. Uh, your church is weird, man, but it's weird in a good way. Yeah, it's weird it's- in a fun way. <laughs> We're having fun, that's for sure. <laughs> I love it. And uh, thank you again, listeners. If you're interested in learning more about SOMA, please do go to their website, somadetroit.org, and you can check it out there. Uh, it's a great way to, a great first step, especially if you're looking for a church. And this is the, and you know, what you've been hearing over this last uh, show has been intriguing to you, and you're looking for that kind of life on life. Uh, missions movement kind of ministry, that might be the right right spot for you to land. Also, I want to let you know that you can subscribe to our channel. We'd love for you to do that. And join us again uh, for more great shows. We've been releasing them every other Monday throughout the fall, and we'll do that in the spring as well. So thanks for being part of this. At MDP, we're working to fuel the light of the gospel in Metro Detroit for the glory of God. (laughs) 